listening to the podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood. And last week was Podcast Movement in Dallas. And after Podcast Movement, I love to do a recap episode to tell you all of the interesting things that I learned. And so for you today, we have that recap episode. I'm excited to dive in. One of my first observations from Podcast Movement is that we are just super happy to be face to face in this world. Um, It was so great to see so many people out at Podcast Movement. We did have podcast evolutions back in March in LA, and that was terrific. But this definitely felt like a real podcast movement. There were lots and lots of people there. I don't know that I have heard a count, but I would guess that there were I would say probably around 1,500 to 2,000 people there, just super busy, really great to see so many industry folks out there, to see so many advertisers and agency representatives, as well as lots of podcasters and content creators. So it was just really terrific to be at the event and to see so many people at the event. Now, I will tell you that I typically am so busy in meetings that I do not go to a ton of the sessions but we definitely do get to hear all of the buzz and have those conversations. And really, that's what I want to bring to you today. I'm sure that I will be watching some of the sessions when those are released for podcast movement from um, things that were recorded. But in terms of the conversations I had, there was a definite theme that I wanted to share with you today. And that theme is one of dynamic ad insertion. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a minute, you will know that I really love dynamic ad insertion. And um, just quick overview on dynamic ad insertion is when you are digitally inserting your ads into your podcast as opposed to baking them in. Now, of course, those ads can be host read, they can also be producer read, and they can be pre-produced ads that you put in. But I really do believe that dynamic ad insertion is the future for the industry. And boy, was there a lot of talk about dynamic ad insertion at the event. I am a proponent for dynamic ad insertion because I really believe that in order to get to the next level as an industry, it is critical for us to be monetizing as many impressions as possible. Now, you may be in the camp where you feel like you don't want tons of ads and podcasts and I don't disagree with you. I'm certainly not here to say that every single podcast needs to be jam-packed with, you know, 10 different ads. But the reality is right now that the top 1% of podcasts are still getting lots and lots of ads. And that in many cases is where we are getting all of this ad overload or in that top 1% of ads. But then there's everybody else, right? There's the 99% of podcasters that are not full of ads and could be really maximized in terms of getting more ads into their podcast. And so for me, dynamic ad insertion is the answer to this because we have so many impressions in the industry that are going unserved. And I really believe that that is an issue. Now let's talk about 
dynamic ad insertion effectiveness. This is a conversation that I had with many of our agency partners and with many advertisers. One of the big questions out there is how do we get dynamic ads to perform the same as embedded or baked in ads? I will say that I am certainly not here to tell you that dynamic ads are going to outperform baked in ads. When you look at baked in ad, part of its overall effectiveness is that you're not actually paying for all of the impressions that you're getting, right? So when you think about how baked in ads work or embedded ads, they're inserted into one specific episode. The advertiser pays for the impressions that they receive in a 30 to 45 day period. But then that episode may and most of the time continues to get more downloads. So you've got an episode that maybe is listened to for six months or a year or two years, you know, who knows, depending on the content, how long that episode is being listened to and, and getting new listeners every day on old content. I just started listening to a podcast that was produced in 2020. I've listened to I don't know, 10 of the episodes in this week. If that podcast had embedded or baked in ads, then that means that that podcaster would not be getting paid for those impressions. And that's part of the reason why, or maybe all of the reason why embedded ads are so effective is because the advertiser is not paying for all of the impressions that are taking place. So that is why they're effective. Now, when we look at dynamic ad insertion and we look at the industry as a whole, it's really important that if we want to get to 2 billion, 3 billion, right? If we want to just keep building in terms of our ad sales, we need to be monetizing these impressions that are happening. And that isn't happening really across the board in as big a way as I would like to see it happen. And yet we at Podcast Movement had many conversations about how to make dynamically inserted ads more effective than they are right now. Now, I will say that I certainly am seeing the trend that dynamic inserted ads are not getting as high a CPM as embedded ads. Two years ago, they really were, you know, we were able to sell a dynamically inserted ad at the same CPM as we could for a baked in or embedded ad. So I would say that that definitely is changing. And I do think that it makes sense. And the reason that it makes sense is because you are hitting the same person multiple times. And that brings me to the next point, which is what we need to do as an industry in order to figure out dynamic ad insertion is to really look at the elements and decide how are we as an industry really tracking these things and when i say that what i mean is how are we flighting dynamically inserted ads are we running them you know just for months and months back to back are we you know flighting them in a way that we're having you know, some ads play for a couple of weeks and then we're taking a break and then having more ads play for that advertiser. What kind of cadence does that advertiser have? Next, it's really important for us to look at the ad creative. Is the host doing a good job with the ads initially? And then are they rotating the ad often enough that the advertiser is seeing results and we're not getting burnout? Because if you as a listener are hearing the same ad over and over and over again, that's not going to help you buy, right? That's not going to convert you better. It's just going to create burnout. 
And that leads to frequency. So how many times is the same person being hit with this advertiser's message? So those are really important things that we as an industry need to figure out. But I think what was so great for me in the conversations that we had is that I really believe the agencies and the advertisers know that we're headed toward dynamic ad insertion you know, and that if they really want to go ahead and capitalize on it, that we need to figure out how to make it perform better. So I think that that was a really important takeaway that I had. The next one that I had was really a Spotify versus everyone else conversation. So Spotify has done a lot of really wonderful things for our industry, the most of which is to purchase lots of different companies and invest in the industry. So Spotify has been able to look into the podcast industry and see value in what it is that we're creating and see value in terms of their contribution and also ways to bring together tools to become more powerful in the space in order, you know, really just to create a better podcast atmosphere. And it's very easy for us to create an us versus them mentality. And what I find when, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with a lot of industry experts that are really more in the independent space or let's face it, anyone smaller than Spotify, which is, oh, I don't know, 99% of the businesses out there. I'm not saying there aren't other power players in the industry. There are, but Spotify definitely has the makings of creating more of a walled garden, meaning you can only participate with us within our space. We're not necessarily going to, you know, be playing with everyone else. And I, I really, I heard this, you know, in conversations over and over again, and I just think it's really important that we as an industry try to work together because the reality is, is that if we create an us versus Spotify mentality, it isn't going to help anyone. Now, does Spotify need to work with us? Not necessarily, right? I mean, they have the funding to create whatever it is that they want. But I will say that they've done a really nice job of acquiring tools that are extremely effective. Megaphone is a really great platform and has done some really great things. Span and you know the Spotify audience network in terms of selling ads and programmatically inserting them has done a really nice job. They're getting really high CPMs because Spotify has more listener data and is able to match up that listener data with the ads that advertisers are wanting to run. So there's a lot of value that Spotify is bringing to the industry and we can't overlook that value. And I, I really believe that it's important for us as those who are not part of Spotify to really look at opportunities to try and work with Spotify instead of trying to create an us versus them mentality, because I really believe that the more we create that, the more division there is gonna be in what has traditionally been a really very cohesive, I would say, industry, where I do find a lot of people in the podcast industry are open and willing to work together. So I just think it's really important that we approach it that way. And I understand that Spotify maybe does have more, you know, potential power and potential money. Um, but if we want to continue to grow as an industry, I do think it's really important for us not to create that us versus them mentality.
that gets to my final point, which is I really do see the industry wanting to work together. What I saw at Podcast Movement was a lot of, I think, strategic problem solving happening. So here we are, we're doing great. We're continuing to grow as a podcast industry. We've got more content creators coming in. We've got more diverse content creators coming in, which is amazing. We've got more advertisers coming into the space. We've got more technology coming into the space. Some of the brand safety stuff is pretty awesome. A lot of the AI stuff that is happening is pretty amazing. So there's just a lot of wonderful things happening in the podcast space, but we also see what our shortcomings are. And I really do believe that we want to work together as an industry. And the more that we can try to work together as an industry, the better off we will be because at the end of the day, any of the infighting that we have or any of you know this kind of thought process of trying to just stand alone is really breaking us down. It isn't as important to look at, hey, my company versus that other podcast company. It's much more important to say like podcast advertising against social media advertising, podcast advertising against TV advertising you know, or OTT or any of the other options out there, if we can figure out how to bring more advertisers in the space, if we can continue to use the technology, if we can create more similarities between what we're doing, if we can really get on the same page, even just with our terminology, it would help the industry so, so much. And I really do believe that we want that and that there are a lot of people out there trying to get to a place where we are working together to create a better industry overall. So those are my takeaways from Podcast Movement. It was a terrific event. The team at Podcast Movement did a wonderful job. And so I just, I recommend that you try to plug into the industry. You know, if you're an advertiser, try to plug in by getting connected to some great content out there. There are great newsletters out there in this space. Sounds Profitable has been doing some great work. Of course, you need to be subscribed to Pod News. And there are many, many other really just terrific resources to get educated on the industry from an advertising perspective but also as a podcaster. So if you are a podcaster, I just can't encourage you enough to really kind of tune in and pay attention to what is happening. Because my experience a lot of times is that podcasters, they're busy, right? I get it. You're busy, you're creating content, and you're maybe really passionate about what it is that you're creating, but you're not necessarily always super passionate about the podcast industry as a whole. So I just really encourage you to try to tune into what's happening because all of the technology that is coming into the space and the companies that are coming into the space, they're very important to your ultimate success as a podcaster. So, so please make sure to pay attention to that. The other thing that I wanted to announce today on the show that I haven't talked about before that I'm really excited about is that last week I launched a new business, the Podcast Broker. So I launched this business with Ben Richardson and Alberto Batella, who are the founders of RSS.com. 
And I created the podcast broker because I've worked with many podcasters over the years who have come to me and just said, Heather, I'm really tired of producing my podcast, (laughs) right? I've been talking about weddings for seven years, or I've been talking about success for 10 years, and I'm just really tired of creating this content. I think that it is normal that after creating a podcast for so long, you get tired of it, right? You get tired of creating the same thing. And what we find is most of the time, podcasters just stop creating their show, right? They pod fade. They're like, I'm done with this, moving on to something else. And I really see that as being really just a huge loss because there is so much value in a podcast that is established. And so that is why we created the podcast broker to actually buy and sell podcasts. So the the whole the whole thing, right? I had several people come up to me last week at Podcast Movement when we launched it and, you know, just talking through the process with them and kind of seeing that light bulb moment where they were like, oh, you don't mean buy ads, you mean actually buy the whole show. And I'm like, yes, buy the whole show. And the concept behind it is that if you're starting out and you're thinking, gosh, maybe I really would like to start a health podcast, you could definitely start at ground zero and you can start your own show. And we know that there's nothing wrong with doing that. But we also know that building an audience can be really tricky. And so just being able to maybe purchase a health podcast that already has an established audience is really going to give you a leg up and is going to allow you not to just start from zero when you're creating your show. And of course, the question I've gotten is, how does that work? You know, how can you go from one person being the host to a new person being the host? And yes, there are going to be variations. If I am, you know, the Heather Osgood podcast, it's going to be a lot harder for me to sell that show than if I'm the Marketing Today podcast, because, you you know, when you've got someone that is so entrenched into a podcast as the host, it's going to be harder to make that separation. However, I certainly do have experience with shows who have switched hosts and not missed a beat. So it's all about how the transition takes place. If you are, you know, Heather Osgood is the host one day and the next day it's Jen Smith, that might be a little bit jolting to your audience, right? So you do have to think about what kind of transition plan you have. How are you going to get that new host integrated? I recommend co-hosting the show for a period of episodes until you really feel like the audience understands that person and then announcing them as the new host. So there definitely are tactics that you can take to really go ahead and transition that show. The other thing when we think about buying podcasts is, you know, perhaps you're in an industry where you really want to create thought leadership. Maybe you would like to have a branded podcast, but instead of starting at ground zero, you can purchase a podcast and you could even employ that current host to continue to host that podcast. So there are options for purchasing shows that make sense, you know. The other thing that I find really fascinating is since we launched last week, I've had a number of people reach out to me who were looking to establish podcast networks. So they're wanting to get a whole bunch of shows together and create a network or create, you know, a podcast 
company that isn't just one show. And by going out and purchasing podcasts, that is really a good way to build a network, to own the content and do it really quickly. So if you're interested in learning more about the podcast broker, I recommend that you head on over to the podcastbroker.com. You can get a free evaluation of your podcast there. Just submit your information. We don't have any podcasts listed on the site just yet. We have had many, many inquiries. So I am going through the job of evaluating each of those podcasts and then potentially putting them up on the site for sale. But we should have podcasts up for sale, I would think, within the next couple of weeks, producing this episode on August 30th. So that gives you kind of some context in terms of timeline, but would love uh, to have you reach out and let me know what you think of that idea, whether that's on LinkedIn or whether that's through an email from the podcast broker, website, whatever is best for you. So in conclusion, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate it very much. Had a great time at Podcast Movement. Super excited to be launching the Podcast Broker. And of course, True Native Media is going gangbusters. So super excited for Q4 and also next year in terms of really just creating some great connections between advertisers and podcasters. And if you're thinking about podcast advertising, but you're really just not sure where to start, please head on over to truenativemedia.com and download our podcast advertising guide so that you can learn everything that you need to know about podcast advertising. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to connecting with you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast advertising industry. 